0: Typical 43, your roommate is an artist, friend, of the artist going out with the former drummer turned writer, which is how you heard of the sublet. Your roommate's art is across many mediums, but one of the more recent ones is her painting her body in latex and then performing at local burlesque shows, stripping down and then stripping her skin. You see one of these performances on a videotape you mistake for a movie one day when you're home sick from work. President Clinton is subpoenaed in the Lewinsky matter. A few days later, Lewinsky meets with Kenneth Starr and admits to a sexual encounter with the president. The very next day, Lewinsky is granted immunity. President Clinton agrees to testify voluntarily. Lewinsky hands over one of her dresses, which rumor has it contains some of the president's DNA on it. The little kid from Different Strokes Everyone Loved is arrested for punching a woman who asks for his autograph while he's shopping for a bulletproof vest for his job as a security guard. Paula Jones's lawyers appeal to have her lawsuit against the president reinstated. Brett Easton Ellis invites you to dinner at the Bowery Bar a chic bar and grill, a known haunt of actors and models. Brett also invites two other writers, he knows, one of them you know as a writer, whose work Brett discovered as a zine in Tower Records. Brett recommended the writer to someone, and the writer got a book deal, so you're naturally a little jealous, but you honestly think the writer's work isn't very good, but maybe that's just jealousy. The other writer is someone Brett attended Bennington with, and you're starting to feel like a fish out of water until Brett favorably mentions your as-yet-unpublished novel to the others, and they pepper you with sincere questions about it and wish you good luck trying to get it published, and you admit that you suspect it's not going to happen. They suggest starting something new, and whether or not you will, Feels like a test of your confidence in your first novel, Finding a Publisher. Immunity in hand, Monica Lewinsky testifies before the grand jury. You relax on the porch of the Davis Alumni House at Bennington College, taking in the summer landscape as you and your friend from Boston await the arrival of your fellow Benningtonites. The former drummer turned writer and his artist girlfriend, as well as the woman who lent you her basement apartment in Concord, the five of you chipping in to rent the house to get some work done. Faced with the reality that your first novel has been seen by every publisher in and out of New York without garnering any interest, you know you need to start a new writing project the consistent criticism about your first novel being too dark, stung, even though books that are dark or called small are considered literary, the preferred label of most writers you know. Your time as a student at Bennington impressed upon you that literary distinction is preferable to money or wide readership, a theory that your job in publishing has all but erased. You wonder if it isn't possible— to shoot for both, and you have this in mind when you spend your week at the alumni house casting about for ideas for a new book, lighting on the notion of using your second published story, We're So Famous, as a springboard for a novel. The short story is only eight pages long, so there's room to enlarge the narrative around the theme of celebrity obsession. You're thinking about a gentle criticism of society's infatuation with frivolity and minutia about celebrities, nothing overt or harsh, especially since you're in no way above the fray, though part of you feels manipulated into being interested in things you wouldn't normally care about. You use the first-person voice of the short story and just start writing. By the end of the week. You have close to 80 pages, having taken breaks only for dinner and nightly carousing with the others. You're so excited about the new pages that you show them to your agent back at Ober, hoping she'll be excited too, but she frowns and complains that the book makes women look dumb. You're so upset that you put the pages in a drawer and try to forget them instead researching small foreign publishers who might be interested in publishing your first novel outside of America, which you're fine with. President Clinton becomes the first sitting president to give testimony to a grand jury investigating him. He goes on television after giving his testimony and admits that he had an improper relationship with Monica Lewinsky, but he did not have sexual relations with her. There's a rumor in the press that the president has submitted a DNA sample to Kenneth Starr, and word about Monica Lewinsky's unlaundered blue dress leaks out. Major League Baseball players Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are in a race to break the long held single season home run record, and McGuire finally does in a game against Sosa's team. Kenneth Starr turns in the results of his investigation and calls for the impeachment of President Clinton whose four-hour grand jury testimony is leaked to the networks, who air it in full. Brett Easton Ellis calls you at work to tell you that you're mentioned in a New York Times article about KGB Bar, where you and your former drummer-turned-writer friend will be reading your short stories published in literary magazines. You run across the street and buy a copy, showing everyone in the office the full-page article, staring at your name in print. Even listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark, editor of the Literary Project, the last novel ever published.